educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, let's do all of that, shall we, on a Tuesday afternoon, December 5th at 5.09 in the afternoon. Uh, uh, You know, a moderate 40 degrees uh, here in the capital city. Uh, We're delighted you chose to uh, tune us in, uh, whatever you're doing on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, In just a moment, uh, Mr. Steve Smith, the Director of Communications for Civic Nebraska, uh, will join us. Uh, Civic Nebraska, as you may know, a local nonprofit organization uh, focused on building civic life in our communities. So, yeah, we don't do a lot of shouting, not a lot of grandstanding. Let's build up instead of tear down, shall we? Uh, truth over tribalism. Uh, but before we go any further, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. For those people who listen to especially the second half for the last segment of a Dan Parsons show yesterday, I want to emphasize truth over tribalism. <laughs> you had a quip, but what was it? Oh, I just said that, truth over tribalism. Oh, yeah, but it, but, but it was combined with something I said that was pretty hilarious. Oh, I can't even remember. No. Anyway. I got- just remember, because Chris was... Uh, defensive over that's what it was that's right we had that's right we i i mixed you guys up with the uh, chiefs packers uh, uh, go pack go yeah anyway well uh, just a reminder if 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 you want to go back and listen to that conversation yesterday uh you can find us anytime you like on your favorite podcast platform for the record chris and i are still friends (laughs) it wasn't like a football game tore us apart but uh we had our differencing opinions it's it's a friendly banter back and forth and i i lit the fuse so And I'll still say Grill Master Chris. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, yeah, and and you can follow us on the Twitter page, uh, excuse me, X, formerly known as Twitter, and uh, and the Facebook page, because, you know, we only get you an hour a day, so we we like to carry on the conversation after hours. Well, it's my delight uh, in studio, Mr. Steve Smith, Communication Director for Civic Nebraska. Steve, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm glad yeah. to be here. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've known each other a few years, sure. and I'm certainly familiar with Civic Nebraska, but our listeners may not be. So, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about Steve Smith. Oh, yeah. I'm a native Nebraskan. I've lived in Lincoln the last 20-some years. My wife and I were journalists back in the day, yeah. and we moved around the country as young journalists might, you know, as, as we do. So you were both journalists? We were. I, I did. did the, I wrote, that. and then she edited. Um, okay, that's so, a good partnership. And we only had one fight over that over wow. the years, so we feel pretty good about that. Wow. A strong relationship. Yeah. Uh, moved back to Lincoln in 2001, thought we'd stay about five years, and here we are 22 good years Good for later. you. We're both we're both huskers at heart so for you uh, found our home back in lincoln that's cool so uh so how long you been with civic nebraska about six years now oh yeah yeah okay and so i i have the i have the privilege of telling our stories to the world that's i don't i don't do any of the hard work i do (laughs) i'm the the minister of happiness at civic nebraska that's that's uh that's a very important role yeah yeah founded in 2008 right that's right Uh, that's right group of politically diverse nebraskans uh, to create a more modern and robust democracy in our Cornhusker state. So fill in the blanks, Steve. It started in the 10th floor of Harper Hall nice. um, with our, uh, our our executive director and founder, uh, Adam Morfeld. Yeah, former lost, state senator. Right? Yeah. Yep, yep, here from Northeast Lincoln. And uh, he uh, lost an ASUN election but had a lot of uh, civic energy still, uh, a residual civic energy. And so he gathered up uh, friends, uh, uh, classmates, Republicans, independents, Democrats, Nuns, yeah. as we say, N-O-N-E-S, not uh-huh. actual nuns. Uh-huh. Uh, 
and uh, formed a group called Nebraskans for Civic Reform, and that was a student organization on campus huh. for several years. He carried huh. them through law school. That same cohort went through law school. Some went on to careers, but they all kind of stuck together. And in 2011 or 2012, I want to say, uh, became an official 501c3. And now we have 30 full-time and 70 part-time staff wow. across the state. Wow. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a story of growth and uh, something that apparently has struck a chord across the state something that people recognize is needed out there well i well before i tell you why i asked you to come on today mm-hmm. uh you know, yeah fill in the blanks of some of the other work that you do across mm-hmm. the state yeah we, we're most known i suppose because we make the media the most about voting rights so we have policy uh uh, uh lobbyists and advocacy uh for voting rights uh legislation at the at the capitol uh so that's what obviously we we uh, often are called about on kind voting of, rights matters research kind of bread education, and butter right yeah. we want people to go out and vote we're upstream of party politics we want people to get out and vote yeah um we aren't uh, trying to advocate for one party or the other yeah because one party kind of rules this state yeah. so if you were interested in not you know, in yeah. A way. yeah, we just, you know, we're trying to activate folks and make them recognize that, you know, participation in our democracy uh, is, is something that we all should do. Um, it shouldn't be optional uh, or it should be something that we are very strongly compelled to do. Um, it sounds sounds simple. It's not. No, right? no. And it does take work. And, and but you but you emphasize education mm-hmm. to, to young people as we well. Do. Right? We do. We uh, do. We have uh, clubs across the state, and we're also in uh, uh, three uh, uh, after-school programs here in Lincoln, and three in Omaha, where we embed civic learning and enrichment um, in the, your typical after-school space. Um, so, along with homework help and and other kinds of clubs that aren't related to civics. We also do civic enrichment, nonpartisan civic enrichment, to make sure that those lessons they're learning about how our government works, about what the roles and responsibilities of citizens are, about how to think critically about issues, all those building blocks of democracy. We think it's too late to wait until high school, so we start early um, and try to make sure that kids uh, get in the habit of citizenship early on. I just think that's so important. and and. And, and, you know, there are there used to be other community organizations that emphasize some of that, sure. it seems like, in, in, in decades gone past, and maybe we've gone away from that. But, uh, you know, I always tell the story uh, on air here that I, I, I did not have that encouragement or organization back in the day when I was in, uh, you know, a, a young lad. <laughs> but I was one of those nerds that, you know, reading the newspaper at 10, at 10 years old and... Uh, <laughs> You know, that's how I got involved mm-hmm. in, in, in civics and, and activated in politics. And, uh, but, yeah, to have an organization that can go into the schools and encourage that as a, as a club, that's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, um, and we work hard to make sure that, uh, you know, students, are, they lead with, you know, if they see a, an issue in their community, we don't try to say, this is what you need to do, kids. We try to give them the voice. And so we often call it student-led uh, CLC, student-led programming. And then our last program is called Civic Health. And that really is across the state, both in urban and rural environments, where we work with different groups across the state to try to combine and collaborate to solve shared problems. Again, sounds easy. Really isn't. Oh right? no! Oh it's my goodness! It's easier to fight politically. Oh yes. Uh, than to get together and share sol- solve shared problems. But uh, that is really a focus that we have in our what we call civic health uh, program. Well, and I notice that dovetails really 
easily, Steve. We're visiting with Steve Smith, Communications Director for Civic Nebraska, a nonprofit organization here in Nebraska. And uh, you you guys just, uh, we've got about a minute before I have to take a little mm-hmm. break here, but you guys just got a sizable donation from a rural location in Nebraska. So uh, emphasizing your rural roots. We really did. In fact, it was a really special thing for me because it came from my home county. A That's family, cool. A family that I, you know, my family has known for a long time. It was just kind of fluky when I heard that the, 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 the gift from the Samuelson family uh of 120 acres of farmland, which we were able to translate into about 1.1 million dollars. Not nothing. Yeah, uh, at auction, and so. And where was that at? It's in Thurston County, Nebraska. Yeah, up in the northeast county uh, corner of the state. Because you grew up on the reservation. I did. There. Grew up in Rosalie, Nebraska. Yeah. Population 200. Very cool. So, yeah. Well, Steve, I'm delighted that you're here. Let's come back after this little break, and continue this conversation. Come on back, folks. After these messages. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Tuesday edition on this lovely Tuesday, December 5th afternoon. We hope you're enjoying your evening, no matter what you're doing. Um, Hey, and stay tuned after the news at the 536, uh, after we come back from the news at 536, uh, Mr. Nick Steinke, uh, Vice President of Olson, uh, you may have heard that name. Olson, of course, uh, engineering technical uh, company, a nationally recognized employee-owned engineering and design firm based right here in Lincoln, America. So we'll visit with Nick, who's vice president of Olson. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, so come back for that uh, second half of the show. But we're visiting with Mr. Steve Smith, Communications Director for Civic Nebraska. And Civic Nebraska, as you may know, focuses on rural civic health, as we talked about, including boosting awareness of the importance of community involvement uh, in uh, in local participation. So, um, yeah, Steve, I was fascinated uh, of what you do, and, and it was great uh, during a break just catching up on uh, your journalism past and how uh, how important it is for groups like Civic Nebraska because, <clears throat> let's face it, uh, local news is, uh, you know, it's a challenge uh, with more and more newspapers uh, either cutting back and, uh, you know, having less information out there for the public. And then, of course, we all get our information from different places anymore. And so an organization like yours is, I think, more important than ever. I appreciate that. And, you know, that's that's why we like to come on shows like this and, 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 and thank you all for what you all do, uh, making sure that, you know, local news is so important. I mean, we can get the national headlines, but uh, CNN or MSNBC or Fox News isn't going to tell you what the city council did last night. Yep. And so, uh, you know, Big fan of local news, mad respect for everybody in this building yeah. and the folks who are continuing. I, I, I'm a recovering journalist. I left probably <laughs> about 15 years ago from from my final uh, newsroom, but uh, have a, a lot of respect for the folks that are, are carrying on um, and, and informing the public. Well, so. And so we try to do that in the best we can. Uh, it's funny you talk about that because uh, we're, we're going to have an event this weekend. Yeah, I wanted to talk about yeah. that. Civic, Civic Saturday. Civic Saturday, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I'm involved in that. I'm, I'm what they call a civic seminarian. Uh, they, they like to use the language of uh, uh, 
faith gatherings, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so um, I'll be I'll be giving a little, uh, I guess, a civic sermon on uh, on Saturday. It's uh, Saturday, eleven o'clock in the morning, uh, at uh, Turbine Flats down on uh, what Twenty First and Y Streets yep. Yep. down there in that great location. Yeah, beautiful yep. little resonator gallery there. Yep. Uh, fun place to have it. Um, this will be our fourteenth, thirteenth, or fourteenth. Civic Saturday, we do them quarterly, and really, what they are is they're just a they're a civic analog to a faith gathering. They're full of ritual, they're full of music and poetry nice. and uh, readings of uh, of great speeches from past. Not the whole speech, usually little excerpts, and then I'll get up and say a few words. And it's it's designed to try to be an antidote to those those feelings of isolation and those those feelings of of uh, hyper partisanship or polarization that we all. Uh, like to say we, you know, we're uncomfortable with, but we really don't know a good way to break through it. And so, th- so we pull people together, friends and strangers, just try to make new connections, new civic rituals that hopefully have a little bit of joy to them and spread faith in one another and in our democracy. That's fantastic, yeah. Steve. I, I just really appreciate that because, yeah, now more than ever in this politically volatile world that we live in, uh, where you know families are split. The, yeah. the country is split yeah. uh, with this, you know, everybody's on either the red team or the blue team, it seems like. And and we just don't have enough of that civic engagement to tell a different story, yeah. a, a story that we can all agree on. Yeah, and, and, and a story, too, that while this feels unprecedented, and of course, the present is always unprecedented. This is only the first time this has happened to us all. But we have been through this kind of stuff before. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the the theme of this uh, this particular gathering, we're calling it "Loud and Clear," and it's it's about going into 2024 and uh, kind of trying to keep your eye on the signal instead of the noise, and trying to f- find a way to to kind of build a mental framework uh, to maybe deal with some of the noise that's coming because we know we know it's coming, right? It's going to yeah. be a loud and very noisy. 2024. Yeah. Every American elections, by definition, are loud and noisy. Uh, and this one is going to be probably the all-time champ, right? Oh, my goodness. And yeah, we, we're, 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 we're overusing the word unprecedented. Yeah, we really are. But we've never had... We've never had a situation like this before yeah. in America. And, yeah. uh, but, but as you know, there have been other difficult times in our country. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't the first time that we've had difficulties and, and the country split. That's uh, right. There that's have right. been other instances. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's something we try to remind folks about. It gives us historical agency to kind of reflect on some of the past uh, instances in our history, I guess, to say. Um, to, to say, you know, this has happened before in, in, in a manner of speaking. You know, history might not repeat itself, but it sure might rhyme. <laughs> and, you know, we'll, we'll examine that a little bit about, you know, some of the, we were talking about newspapers. And, of course, our founding fathers, when, when they started, the, the naysayers, the haters, the haters of the republic said, how are you going to keep a giant republic together? 1,500 miles north to south. <laughs> you know, republics are always like small cities or something. And they said, you know how we're going to do it? Newspapers newspapers we can mail newspapers back and forth and everybody can have the same information up and down the coast because the printing press was right. we brought that over from across the pond yep. and yep. Uh, started printing yep and that era when the united states was founded was a huge boom time imagine that newspapers being a growth industry but they went you know they grew five fold from 1776 to 1800 
And so it seemed like a logical thing. So we're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss that start on up to today. It's not going to be a, it's going to be a speed history. Trust me, folks. It's not a colloquium. But uh, and we'll we'll talk about what, you know, kind of what uh, that tradition of of kind of partisan media on through the objective era. And then how, how does this kind of information environment, what does it do to us? How does it make us feel? And, and ways to kind of work through that. Yeah. To, be, to be tougher mentally, perhaps, um, and more discerning mentally on, on how we uh, consume different types of information. This is the content I was looking for, brother. This is great <laughs> stuff. I, uh, so, so tell our listeners before we run out yep. of time, uh, one more time, where sure. they can find you on for Civic Saturday. You bet. Civic Saturday will be this Saturday, December 9th, 11 a.m. at Turbine Flats. That's 2124 Y Street. And do we need to sign up ahead of time? Just show up. You sure is can if you like. Is oh, there... you know, it doesn't. No, it's it's free and open to the public. Yep. Free and open to the public. All you need to do is bring yourself, bring a friend. Um, it's a safe space for friends and strangers to to agree, disagree, uh, and, and partake in that. What we always like is that civil discourse. That's cool. In in in, uh, in service to our shared democratic reality, small d democratic reality. Well. Steve Smith, Communications Director for Civic Nebraska, thank you on fairly short notice of yeah. coming and joining us. And, and I love what you guys are doing, and uh, we'll continue to chat as this session uh, winds up here in a few right. weeks. Uh, but uh, thank you very much, Sounds Steve. Great. Uh, folks, uh, come on back after the news. And uh, uh, Nick Steinke, Vice President of Olson Engineering. And we'll be right back after this on 1499.3 KLI. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Tuesday edition on this lovely early winter evening. Uh, we're delighted that you stuck around. Appreciate it very much. Uh, my thanks to Mr. Steve Smith. Uh, communications director for Civic Nebraska. What a, that was even better than I imagined, folks. You can tell that I was kind of geeking out, not only a former journalist, but uh, somebody who, who really has that same community spirit that I'm looking for in, in our guests to, you know, to build up instead of tear down. That's kind of the, one of our themes. And so I appreciate it very much, uh, Steve. And check out uh, Civic Saturday. Uh, you can find them. Uh, just just Google Civic Nebraska. You'll find them. That sounds like a great event. I'm sure going to try to make it over there on Saturday. Uh, well, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, you don't want to miss this. Uh, Dr. Paul Gossman, Superintendent of Lincoln Public Schools, and uh, Lincoln Board of Education President, Mr. Lanny Boswell, uh, will join us. Now, if you have kept track of uh, Lanny Boswell, uh, back in October, Lanny uh, was diagnosed uh, with cancer of the tongue and uh, the oral cavity, uh, which meant uh, he lost his ability to speak. Uh, Lanny was uh, had surgery that removed his tongue and voice box. Uh, so now... Uh, the Lincoln Board of Education president uh, communicates uh, text-to-speech application on his cell phone, uh, even while running uh, the, the board meetings. And so, anyway, uh, I've known Lanny for many, many years, long time, and uh, so I just admire his uh, fortitude and his ability to... Uh, 
to continue his work and his job. So anyway, uh, come join us tomorrow for that. Uh, it'll be fun. And uh, in addition to those two gentlemen, uh, Nebraska examiners Aaron Sandiford uh, will join us uh, on the show. So that'll be fun. Join us. Uh, come back for that tomorrow. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome into the studio Nick Steinke, uh, Vice President of Olson. Thanks Nick, welcome in. aboard. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, maybe step just a foot closer. There you go. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Nick, I appreciate uh, kind of last minute. I, you know, sometimes I plan these shows out uh, days in advance, sometimes weeks in advance, and every once in a while I get a little hiccup, and uh, and, and I don't quite fulfill my obligation of of really educating and informing and hopefully entertaining our audience so kind of a last minute uh, request today i was in a meeting with john olson who you may run into from time to time and i said john i said i'm looking for a guest uh, for the show tonight he said i got somebody for you uh, he asked you know he knows that we know each other and so i said yes get nick into the studio so anyway thank you for the last minute uh, uh, ability to come on the show. You're welcome. Happy to do it. Yeah, but I am. I'm fascinated with the work that you do uh, because our paths have crossed professionally from time to time in the work that you do at Olson. And of course, uh, I think most of our listeners are familiar uh, with the name Olson uh, in our community, but, uh, you know, a nationally recognized employee owned engineering and design firm based right here in Lincoln, America. So fill in the blanks, Nick. What, uh, uh, give us a little background of Olson and, and, and what you do for them. Sure, sure, yeah. Olson, what a great story. So, you know, headquartered here in Lincoln, Nebraska, founded in 1956, so been around for quite a while. And um, I've crossed paths with Olson uh, through the years for most of my career, um, at times partnering with them and at times competing. And I've always just been really impressed with um, what role they play in the community. And so I had an opportunity to come over to Olson about five years ago. It's been that long. It's been five years, yeah. And, And when I think about Olson and the work we do, kind of goes back to 1956 and some of the first projects that the the company was doing to just improve the infrastructure of our communities. And we really become trusted advisors to all the communities we work in. And when I hear about some of the things that Olson has done over the years, as I was growing up here, I just was always pretty impressed with the company. So, you know, from that foundation back in 1956, the firm now has about 2,000 employees wow. nationwide wow. and just does some really uh, great work that I'd like to tell you a little bit about today. Well, that's great, Nick. And, and you know, we um, <clears throat> typically on Thursdays is our business roundtable, and I'll bring, you know, people from the Chamber and Downtown Lincoln Association and others uh, to talk about the business community. And so, but we can do that any darn time we want. And uh, <laughs> I get this microphone once, uh, once a day. Uh, uh, every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So, yeah, I just uh, I, I think it's a fascinating uh, homegrown company that's really doing some amazing things, both uh, here in Nebraska, nationally, and even globally. And so, I wanted to learn a little. I wanted our listeners to know a little bit more about Olson and the cool work that you're doing. So, but anyway, let's back up a little bit. Give our listeners a little background on Nick and uh, and your education and what you've done. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I grew up here in Lincoln, Nebraska, graduate of Southeast High School, go Knights. Go Knights. And I went away to college. I used to play a lot of music, so I had a 22-piece swing band in Boston yeah. and played in some small jazz groups and kind of wanted to go somewhere I could do that, but also get a degree in something that could help me get a job. So I got a degree in manufacturing engineering, kind of moved around a little bit after college. Where did you get that from? Uh, Boston University. Okay. Yeah, right. I lived for a, a year in the building below the Sitco sign, what you can see from Fenway yeah. Park, right? Yeah. So didn't have a lot of time and money to go to games, but I was right down there. So great experience, but I missed Lincoln and moved back and got a job actually working for the Nebraska Department of Environmental Quality at the time, working on some environmental permits. So the utilities, the ethanol plants, just yeah. kind of all, all the industrial opportunities and, and growth that we've seen here in the early 2000s, I kind of helped them get in line with the permits that they need to uh, to abide by. So did that for a little bit, and then my wife and I decided, you know, we we, we enjoy Nebraska, but let's let's take another chance at something let's else. So we rolled the dice. We did. So we moved out to Sacramento, California, oh, yeah. lived out there for about a year and a half, uh, really enjoyed a few things about the area. but Another uh, state capital. Another state capital. Um, ultimately, the, the cost of living and family kind of drove us back in 2006. We love the boomerangs. Man, I, I hear, you know, <laughs> we hear it from the chamber, right? Whether yep. it's the state or Lincoln, um, folks that have, have gone, and, and I'm one of those folks that kind of came back. So yeah. happy to be back. So managed a couple of small businesses uh, in the environmental space and kind of got into into the world of sustainability and resilience and helping organizations look at programmatically what um, kind of risks and opportunities they have in the environmental space and helping them trying to put together programs to kind of prioritize how they can tackle uh, those risks. I think, and I, I did not, if I knew, uh, Nick, your story about uh, the swing band, I'd, I'd forgotten about it. Man, we could do another show on that. Uh, I, I'm a musician. Uh, I love uh, jazz and blues as my go-to uh, genres, and so that's cool. So you did that back in Boston. Yeah, it was a great experience, and I... I think the turning point for me, I was over at Berkeley for a master class, oh, yeah. one of my idols, a guy by the name of Nick Payton from New Orleans, and he, he gets up there and he says, you know, I'm I'm pretty good at this, and I'm and, and it's still pretty hard. So I kind of packed up my trumpet and went back to so engineering you were a school. Player. A trumpet player. And nice. kind of said, okay, this, I'm going to do this for fun, but I'm going to go back and finish up my engineering degree. Well, I'm sure the family is very grateful for your... <laughs> Uh, change of uh, of education to to uh, to do what you're doing, and you know to make the world a better place. We can certainly do that with music, but we can also do that with engineering and and the work that you're doing. That's cool. Yeah. Well, uh, do you still play? I play the piano maybe two or three times a year. Might sit down and kind of just tinkle the ivories when no one's around the house, but uh, but not much anymore. You know, there's some jazz groups that uh, play once in a while around town. I. We we should go check them out. I'll bring my drumsticks. You bring your your trumpet, and we'll. Uh, anyway, I think that's really cool. Well, um, uh, before we get to our first break, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what you were doing at Olson, some of the projects you're working on. Because again, I think it's just uh, fascinating. With you know, we all talk about uh, how the climate is changing and uh, how businesses are adapting to that change. And a company like Olson is kind of on the forefront of of some of those projects, right? Yeah, I think one of the things that just amazed me when I came into Olson is I think I grew up in a, at a time where maybe a lot of us kind of take infrastructure for granted. And maybe we're getting to a point here where we can't quite do that as much. What so, do you mean by that? Taking yeah, it for granted. What do you yeah, mean? you know, we we you know, whether it's our roads, where our water comes from, where our power comes from, how reliable it is. We just expect every time we turn on the switch or turn on the faucet it's gonna be there. It's gonna be there for us. We can count on it. Yep. And and it's just something we just really don't even think much about. 
But I, I think we're starting to see maybe a change in perspective on that because we're we're looking at some things that are coming up unexpected. And you know, I'll give you an example in, in the flooding that occurred here back in 18 or 19, yes. yeah. right? And we had a, a, a bridge that was out heading up toward Norfolk, right? And uh, it's a bridge that usually takes about a, a year to maybe design and, and get kind of get back in a, up and running. And Olson worked with the state and the DOT to say, hey, let's knock this out in a month so that we can be resilient and help us get back on our feet. That's the kind of stuff that inspires wow. me. Wow. Because, yeah, I mean, the, the loss of a bridge in a community, even the size of Norfolk, uh, is devastating uh, to the community uh, for both agriculture and industrial purposes. So, huh, a month. Wow. Yeah, Joplin, Missouri, right? Another place that was pretty devastated by the some tornadoes. tornadoes. Yeah. And Olson been heavily involved being a partner of that community to help them get back in their feet on their feet as, as quickly as possible. Wow. So what is the scope of Olson? We'll get back to uh, some of those projects, but the scope of Olson nationally and globally is is pretty far reach. Yeah. In terms of services? Yeah, like yeah, there? yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we start with everything from kind of the geotechnical work, looking at the land and, and surveying the land, to then as we start to get into the civil engineering side of how we might lay out the land, and then we get into the facility infrastructure and the mechanical, electrical, plumbing. We have a power and delivery practice. We have a transportation practice, environmental practice. So we kind of pride ourselves as being a full-service engineering firm where people can come and, and basically we can handle pretty much everything that you're up against as you're engaging in a new project. So talk about your role at Olson. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm in the environmental discipline planet Olson. So I do a couple of different things. I just do project work. It might be regulatory compliance and permitting. It might be related to sustainability, climate action planning, and, and uh, resilience. And then also help with some business development that we've got going on around the country as well. Cool. Well, Nick Steinke, hang on through this little break. And uh, I want to talk about some specific projects that I just find fascinating of what you're working on. So folks, come on back after these quick messages. Uh, We'll be right here. Come join us. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the show. We're delighted that you chose to stick around. Um, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, Dr. Paul Gossman, uh, superintendent of Lincoln Public Schools, and board chair Lanny Boswell. Uh, and in the second half of the show tomorrow... Uh, Nebraska Examiner reporter, Mr. Aaron Sandiford. So we'll enjoy uh, catching up with Aaron and talking about some of the stories that Nebraska Examiner's uh, working on. And as we were talking earlier with Steve Smith from Civic Nebraska, uh, and you can tell that's why I have folks like that on, because they understand, uh, as I think most of you do, that journalism is changing in this country, in this state, and uh, how important it is uh, for local journalists to continue to be able to uh, to report the news and, and report what's going on in our community. So, Mr. Aaron Sandiford's been doing that for a long time, and uh, and so he's doing it now for <clears throat> Nebraska Examiner, a nonprofit newsroom here in the state. And so, anyway, we'll check in with Aaron tomorrow and the fascinating story that I mentioned before of Lanny Boswell and how Lanny's uh, adapting to. Uh, uh, to a, a new life uh, without uh, the ability to speak. And so we'll talk a little bit about that with Lanny and Dr. Gossman tomorrow and uh, being an example to the students in, the, in LPS. So, But right now uh, we are visiting uh, with Nick Stanky from uh, Olson, a local company uh, here in uh, Nebraska and here in Lincoln that are doing some pretty amazing work 
uh, throughout uh, the country and even globally. And uh, Nick's expertise is uh, working with infrastructure. And uh, Nick, we were talking a little bit off air about how, um, and again, I'm all about trying to build up and not tear down, break down barriers and have conversations uh, that are not filled with, uh, with words that maybe uh, trigger some of us to, uh, to ignore what's going on in the world instead of uh, trying to find solutions. So I know from an engineering perspective, you've, you, you are doing that at Olson and the projects that you're doing around the country. Talk a little bit about uh, climate infrastructure. Yeah, sure, Dan. Yeah, so I think one of the things we've seen at Olson in the last few years is we have kind of a groundswell of interest in what's going on in our communities with the climate and the environment. And folks from a, from a grassroots level, from an employee level, and from a community level, including our municipalities, local governments, are kind of wondering, well, how, how do we tackle this problem? And one thing that we've observed is when you, you know, when you look at some of these climate action plans, as a lot of people call them around the, the country and here in the state and city, um, you know, 80 or 90 percent of the, the actions that are discussed in those plans really relate to infrastructure. So one of the things that I am pretty passionate about speaking about is just, hey, how can we lean into that and find some commonality, whether we're talking about transportation, whether we're talking about power and utilities, whether we're talking about how we use our buildings. Like, There's a lot of common ground there uh, to get where we want to go and, and kind of move away from maybe some of the distractions that sometimes some words cause. I think I was telling you a story about being down in Oklahoma City a month ago at a, at a large, uh, you know, it was called... Um, Select Oklahoma. They want to bring people to the state, right? Like sure. we all do. Yeah. And and we had a you know the, the state senator there, sixty five year old gentleman who's been there a long time, and he comes up to me after my my talk and says, you know, seems like if we kind of just move away from some of these words, like there's a lot that we could get done. And and I thought, well, that I must have said something right because nice. that seems spot on. Yeah. Well, that's just it. I mean, <clears throat> again, we're in this culture of sound bites and getting our news from TikTok and Facebook, you know, and and, uh, and that's fine. I, I'm all for uh, as much information as we can to get out to, pub to the public and help us uh, be better citizens. But uh, this tribal warfare uh, and the language that is built up around our political structures uh, prevent us as a culture of doing the things that we need to do to bring uh, – from an economic standpoint, even of 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 change in our communities to adapt uh, to a changing culture of of weather the way it is, and 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 how can we do that in a way that doesn't uh, put us in, in at odds politically, but instead from an infrastructure perspective um, solve problems. Exactly. I'll give you another example. So I've been doing some work in Northwest Arkansas. So we're talking about Fayetteville, Bentonville. We've not exactly got, New York City and the liberal bastion of, no, of the world. No, and we've got <laughs> you know Tyson headquarters, yeah. J.B. Hunt, of course, Walmart down there, right? Yeah. And, and we go in and, and EPA's got $250 million on the table for states and local governments to do this climate planning. There's $4.6 billion on the table wow. in implementation funding, non-matching funding, grant money that's out there. So Arkansas says, hey, we, we want to look at this, too. To avoid some of this distraction, we're just going to cut the word climate out, and we're going to call it energy innovation. But we're going to be talking about the same infrastructure programs, whether it's transportation or utilities or buildings, and try to get a hold of some of that money for our community. It's great to hear. And, and so when you go into those projects, what's some of the first things that you do then? Is Explain that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 
couple of different things. One key component of this type of work is just kind of looking at what are the elephants in the room that can really move the needle. So that's sometimes a little bit of a distraction for folks. Sometimes people get a little bit hung up on some things that they, they feel passionate about, but they might not move the needle too much. So we really think about this from kind of a results-based accountability approach of what's going to move the needle. Two, a lot of this funding comes attached with um, some requirements to do quite a bit of engagement in the community uh, for with low-income and disadvantaged communities. Sure. And, and uh, you know, we, we think that's great. I mean, I, I don't think everyone can afford or would be interested in buying a forty or fifty thousand dollar electric vehicle, right? What are what are those other things that people are interested in that could help um, them positively impact the environment? So let's engage with those folks. And then another key component, Dan, is really look at the funding that's out there. There's a lot of money that's available. So we're working with those communities to identify where that funding is so that they can grab onto some of that money. What are some examples of those? lifestyle changes or things that people can do that uh, that you're engaging with yeah i i think one thing that we look at is it, it kind of just really depends on what the person or the entity is that we're dealing with so yeah. if, we're, if we're, we're talking to a municipality we might talk to them about their fleet they got a fleet of vehicles a portion of that fleet might be uh, ready for some upgrades and they might be uh, it might be economically viable to look at replacing those with an alternative fuel or a, an electric vehicle for mm -hmm. example mm -hmm. um, in in the building space there's still a lot of opportunities in the building efficiency space to look at how we can kind of reduce our energy use uh, without having to maybe move completely into the renewable space but then we're talking to folks about distributed generation and, and the renewable uh, power sector which is been growing more and more, you know, here in Nebraska and, and really throughout the country. Yeah, fascinating. Well, uh, Nick, I appreciate it very much. Uh, what, what, what's some uh, local projects that Olson is is working on that maybe people are familiar with? Put yeah, you on the spot. Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> I think I think a, a great one to point out is uh, Lincoln's calling it Water 2.0, mm. right? So correct. So water, yes. big deal. We've talked about it a lot on this show. Yes, I bet you have. Whether you're in Nebraska or or, or Colorado yeah. or many places around the country, right? Water is um, is something that's on people's minds. So one of the roles that we played at Olson is really what I'd call kind of a strategic advisor and facilitator to come in and work with a, an advisory council that uh, the city stood up yeah. and kind of help guide that process to, again, kind of look at risk reward and think about how do we keep our eye on the ball of, of kind of a, securing that second source of water. So that, that's been a pretty cool project for, uh, for Olson to be involved We've in. We've talked about that on this show with the mayor, with state senators, you know, Senator Bostar was big in, in, in part of that. And, and, uh, so yeah, that's you know, that's the lifeblood of of any community is is water, and so we got to figure out you know if uh, and and that water is going to come from the Missouri instead of the Platte in years ahead, and and so yeah, that's uh, and and again, those are the projects that are long term. We don't think about it every day. We turn on our faucet and we get water, but that storm that we had a few years ago that knocked out our supply or at least limited it. Uh, from from the plat uh, did we started saying the leaders started saying wait a minute we need to think of long term uh, of where we're going to be getting our water in twenty thirty years yeah and it's not cheap <laughs> it's not uh, this chief civil engineer from CU Boulder recommended a book to me last summer called Cadillac Desert it's about the development of the American West and the utilization of the Colorado River and when you you know look back at the history of this country we have spent a lot of time and money allocating resources to things like protecting water sources, and I think that's that's why we're involved in this project here. Very cool. Nick Steinke from Olson, 
Very good. A locally grown company doing great things around the globe. Uh, Nick, thanks so much. Folks, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Now go do good things and come back here tomorrow. We've got a great show. Have a great evening.